Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode number 200. What's up with that? It's December 6th. No, it's not. It's December 9th, 2015. Hello. Welcome. Today's guest is Amanda Duarte, who's an amazing writer. She's a performer. She is the host and curator. I don't think she'd really approve of that word. She curator, we'll just call it that for now, uh, of Dead Darlings, which is a monthly salon here in New York City at Judson Memorial Church, a place that is beloved by me, beloved by me. It's a great place. It's what I'm trying to say. It's an excellent event. It happens once a month. It's happening tonight. And you should go. It's free. You'll hear all about it uh, when I talk to Amanda. I want to give you a couple of little updates about me. It's been a couple weeks since I did a podcast, and I can't remember what was happening then. I'm continuing work on my show. It's getting closer to just being called The Animal Show. Um, it's going to be performed in October of 2016 at Dixon Place. All those dates are on my website at michaelherron.com. If you want to go ahead and mark your calendar right now, I know it's a little early, but why not get a head start on these things? I'd love for some people to be there. <laughs> it's three nights. Never done a show three nights in a row. This is only my second solo show. This is my only second solo original show. Um, I don't even know what it's going to be yet, so it's going to be awesome. You should put your uh, calendar dates on the calendar. Um, later today, I'm going to be interviewing next week's guest, Carol Adams. What's up? <laughs> I'm saying what's up a lot, and that's really a dumb thing to say. Uh, Carol Adams will be my guest next week. She's the author of The Sexual Politics of Meat. I didn't think it'd be that easy to get her on the show. Um, if, you don't, if you're not aware of the book, it's, um, it talks a lot about how uh, the, the relationships between feminism and animal rights and how we use um, uh, misogyny. To, ah, you know what? I'm not even going to get into it because I feel like an idiot trying to describe these things. That's why I'm having her on the show to help me explain it. So that's next week's guest. We should talk more about this week's guest because it is this week. And I would like to introduce... <laughs> What's, what am I saying? I'm going to play a track from American Music Club next. Uh, this track is called um, All the Lost Souls Welcome You to San Francisco. If you don't know already, Mark Etzel is the front man of the American Music Club. He will be a guest at tonight's Dead Darlings. See how everything is circling in on itself. That's great. I've been a fan of them for a while. This is a great song. It's from the 2008 album, The Golden Age. And after this, we'll hear from Amanda. Ago, my soul went missing, looking for a life no one would mourn. Now it stumbles like the smile of a fool, looking to the sky for shelter from the storm. All the lost souls, where? The city that was built by fire trucks And skeletons who grin and grin Pimps and thieves who can't believe their love Saints who were only holy when they sin Now I came looking for the party So come on Marty, you're the king of 22nd Street just give me some hope Or at least enough rope Can you make my heart feel complete? All the lost souls Welcome you to San Francisco You can always find me at the celebration Because they're almost gone 
is humming a love supreme And watching it pour softly down the hills All the lost souls Welcome you to San Francisco Welcoming to the show, Amanda Duarte, who's a writer-performer who lives in New York City. Her writing has appeared in Marie Claire, Salon, BuzzFeed, and the floor of the Belasco Theater for the Broadway production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. She has performed at many comedy and storytelling events in the city, including How I Learned, the soundtrack series Bear, and Steamboat Comedy. She is the host of the monthly artist salon Dead Darlings at Judson Memorial Church. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I know you mostly from uh, Dead Darlings, which I love, so we should talk about that first. Sure. Um, can you just give a rundown for the listeners what that is, Dead Darlings? Sure. It's um, it's a monthly show at, uh, at Judson, which is this beautiful and storied uh, arts and activism space in uh in Greenwich Village, the village of Greenwich. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm so lucky to be able to um, do a show there. And uh, it is based on the saying, kill your darlings, uh, which is used by writers and artists. Uh, and basically, you know, creates work uh, to describe the process of editing, to describe the process of, you know, winnowing down a larger piece into uh, lean, sexy shape. And so... Uh, you know, you know your the, your thoughts, your dreams, everything that you've put into this piece. Sometimes some of them have got to go, and it's very painful <laughs> sometimes to cut <laughs> them. And so they use the phrase "kill your darlings." Um, and uh, so I thought, you know, why not? Uh, you know, as a writer, I was constantly cutting, cutting, cutting all this stuff that I thought was pretty great, and and that it wouldn't always necessarily surface in another piece. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And I thought, gosh, I bet a lot of people have. Uh, have a lot of these little dead darlings that they'd like to uh, at least show show to the light of day, hold up to the light of day for, for at least for one little shining moment. Um, and so that's what it is. So people bring in, I get people uh, from all different disciplines, writers, uh, performers, uh, visual artists. Um, we've had a cartoonist for the New Yorker, uh, musicians, all kinds of different people bring in uh, pieces from larger uh projects that they've had to cut or, you know, stuff that's been rejected or just sort of never quite made it into the light. So we, uh, we give them a forum to bring them back and it's really fun. And then, you know, I, I ask trivia questions and throw candy at people and, uh, and, and quite frequently cause injury, um, for which fortunately I've not yet been sued. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I sort of yell about, I sometimes sort of just yell and rant about my political beliefs and then, and everyone has cheap drinks and, uh, then we all go home. It's a free show, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's really like, it's one of my favorite things to do in the city. Big, well, a it's free and it's, I, it's terrifying with the candy thing. Like I really uh, do yeah. get afraid. Um, well, the but, world is dangerous. Yeah, especially in a church. Like, you never know what's going to yeah. happen in a church. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the guests, you have, like, amazing guests. That is, like, the, I'm often just, like, blown away by the, like, is, is it partly because the uh, the pe- people are into that chance to be able to share these things that no one's, like, seen? That- I think so. You know, I like to sometimes think that it has, something to do with me, but I know that it really does not. I know that it's, and you know, when I thought of the concept for the show, I was like, I bet a lot of really cool people would love to do this. Um, and that it would, uh, you know, rather than just your usual show where everyone has their 10 minute set that they do and you kind of, uh, crank them out and it's sort of the same audience all the time. And, uh, you know, those are great. And I do those shows all the time and everybody does those shows all the time. But I was like, what about a show where you can do something uh, something that you've always wanted to do that there's not really a forum for. And that does tend to attract people, um, people who do a lot, yeah. you know, people who, people who create a lot and those people tend to be uh, pretty great. And, uh, so yeah, I've been unbelievably lucky, uh, that so many fantastic people have, uh, have wanted to do the show. Um, and, 
sometimes. And, you know, I think that part of the magic of the show is that uh, it's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do. You're not, you're not just uh, throwing out the time-tested winners. You're not, you know, turning out your eight-minute comedy set that's been workshopped and, and finessed and you know when you're going to get the laughs. Like, there's a very, it, it's a very vulnerable thing to do to bring in these things that no one's ever seen or heard and you don't know what the reaction's going to be. And often things that have been rejected or, uh, it, you know, you might not feel terribly confident about presenting them. Um, and I think that lends the performers a, a vulnerability that is extremely appealing to the audience. Yeah. Um, so even these huge names that have come in, and, and you know, it's so funny. It's the the bigger the name and the bigger the the the, the talent and the the catalog of work, um, the the more nervous and <laughs> and vulnerable the uh, the performers seem to be. Um, it's it's really every time it's really funny. It's the people who really are the the biggest and the strongest that are are emailing me, you know, well into the night, the night before the show, freaking out because they oh, don't wow. think that what they're bringing in is good. Um, I'm fielding a couple of those emails right now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the show's on Wednesday, but uh, but they're always great. It's always great. Like even even if even if someone fails spectacularly, um, the vulnerability of the sharing uh, completely trumps it. I don't like to use Trump as a verb. I don't like to use Trump as a word anymore at all. But sometimes <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I wish we need to come up with a new word for it. Like maybe it, it Sanders is it. it. It completely Sanders is. Uh, completely Bernie Sanders is. <laughs> we, might need, we might need to keep working on that, but we can use Sanders for I'm, now. We'll use Sanders for now. I'm always trying to, you know, switch up the lexicon. Yeah. I'm yeah. always trying to, like, you know, reinvent language. It's just something about me that not a lot of people know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I, do you have you had any guests uh, for Dead Darlings that you approached about doing the show that you thought no way in hell would they do it, and they, you know, like too big of a name or whatever, and it turned out that they did. Um, not that they, not that said no, absolutely not, and then did it. But people who um, there have been, in fact, yeah, there have been many, many people who. Uh, I've approached who were so ner- they admitted to me later they were so nervous and scared to do it that they just didn't respond to me at all. My friend, uh, <laughs> my friend Damian, my friend Damian Bellino and Ann Rodeman host this great show at the UCB called So Into It, and um, we call this because we tend to approach people on Facebook through Facebook Message because it's a it's an easy way to contact people uh, without going through their, let's say, representatives who right. would not um, not exactly present them with the opportunity to do a free show in a church where they do things that they might, you know, fail. Yeah. Uh, so, so we tend to approach people through Facebook message, and um, Damien and Ann and I call this scene. Scene. Because you, when you send them the message, oh, yeah. you can see the red receipt. But then you don't hear anything. You don't get a yes or a no. You get nothing. And that happens a lot, a lot, a lot. And at first, I used to um, take it very personally. I'm Italian. I'm Catholic. I'm emotional. I take things very personally. But uh, then I real, and I would think, oh, well, I can never approach them again because they think that I'm, you know, stupid and probably overweight and they don't want to do my <laughs> show um, or be associated with me visually in any way. But uh, I, I started to kind of realize that a lot of the scene people are the, they're just uh, they're a little scared and so I've started reapproaching a lot of them and uh, sometimes they they end up doing a show um, ah. and they and, and of course they're great because again it's always the people who are the most terrified and the most nervous to do it who tend to do the best work yeah um, so, but there's, I mean, there have definitely been people who have said no. There have definitely been people who have um, not come out and said no, but just dicked me around long enough that I realized finally that it was no and stopped, yeah. <laughs> stopped trying to schedule them. Uh, it's, you know, it's something that I personally have had to uh, just get cool with because, um, you know, I quit acting because I can't stand rejection <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then opening myself up to this whole new sort of, avenue of rejection i've had to just be like it's okay some people just don't want to do your show it's fine there are people's yeah. shows i don't want to do it's fine yeah oh my god uh i have the worst memory and i'm thinking of favorite 
um, people I've seen at Dead Darlings, and I can't remember anyone's names, which is kind of sad because they're people like <laughs> the guy that, oh, Stephen Trask. I remembered oh, his yeah, name. God. Yeah, like that, that was one of those nights I was like, okay, this is quite a guest. Uh, for those who yeah. are listening who don't know, it's the composer of um, Hedwig. And, um, and he did a song that was cut from the film. Like, it, and yep. I, it was I, that type of story just for me as a person who creates stuff as well. I, yeah. I think that's what I, one of the things I really appreciate it. When someone like that shows up and like, yeah, this was my big chance to have a chance at winning an Oscar for original song and yeah. it didn't work. It, it's yeah. just, I, it's, it's not that I, I'm savoring the, his disappointment, but just the realization <laughs> that like, oh God, like we're all just trying to do this shit. And you know, oh, like yeah. I, it, it levels the playing field in an interesting way for me that I really appreciate. Yeah, me too, you know, like, uh, and to see that, and, and Stephen, who is also just one of the nicest people I think I've ever met, um, is, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he's one of those people that was so nervous and stressed out about what to do <laughs> for the show. And I was like, Stephen Trask, you could like burp into the mic and it'll get written up on Broadway World. You know, like, yeah. it'll be on all that chat, there'll be a thread three miles long about it. Like, don't, freak out about it um but yeah that was he was so it was it was lovely all the stuff that he brought in stuff that songs that had been cut from music or songs from that he had written for musicals that just never happened um you know that had been you know funded and then just sort of fizzled out or uh that was yeah that was a really great night yeah yeah that was that and then (laughs) um oh like now as i'm thinking like something's happening the universe is is aiding me with names um, uh, Todd Oldham, that was a favorite night for me too. When he showed oh that, my God, uh, that was the, the, the kids show that was so dark and disturbing. Yeah, that was amazing. And, and he, it was so exciting. It was a, uh, a, a pilot for a children's show that he had worked on with, uh, Spike Lee's siblings, whose names unfortunately escaped me at this moment. Um, that was just crazy. It was just crazy. Like screaming Jay Hawkins was in it. Iggy pop was in it yeah. and it was for children. And they were like dead people, <laughs> dead grandmothers, like fear mongering <laughs> little children. And it was, it was, and T- Todd had done the design for it. And the whole thing together was just kind of spectacular. And as he said, when he introduced it, he said, you know, I think maybe 14 living people have ever seen this. And so how lucky were we all that night, you know? Yeah, that's... And it, you know, it was amazing. It was this crazy thing that no one's ever seen. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Like, those make me feel, like, so... This is totally corny, but those are for me are, like, I live in New York fucking city now. Like, I'm, like, hanging out at this place. It's a church. They're showing this thing that Todd Oldham did that no one's seen except for now those 14 people plus the whatever 100 people that are here tonight. Like, it's really cool. I love it. Listen, that is not corny. And you know what? In the current climate of New York City, we have to hang on to those moments, you know? Yeah. The church has not not been turned into, like, a Chase Bank that sells cupcakes. It's still there. It hasn't been bought by NYU. Like, the moments like that in the city are becoming so much fewer and further between. Uh... That I'm, I, I love it when people say that they feel that way. I feel that way about doing the show. You know, I, uh, so many people, oh, and this is such a large conversation that I'm neither intelligent nor caffeinated enough to really um, <laughs> speak to. But uh, it's, you know, the, so many people, so many artists that we know and love have had to leave uh, the city. So many people we know. And uh, it's, it's really hard to make it there these days if you're not a uh, titan of industry or a, you know, a banker or the, uh, the or their trophy wives, you know, it's really hard. And, uh, so I absolutely treasure, um, every experience that I have like that. And I have it all, you know, with a lot of, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different shows. Um, but that's really what keeps me in the city slaving away to pay rent is, yeah. is moments like that. Uh, I don't think it's corny at all. Oh. It used to be every day. It used to be an everyday feeling that everybody had. Can you imagine? Yeah. And that <laughs> Judson is so great about, well, existing, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the fact that part of its ministry is supporting artists and providing space is 
Oh, do you mean Micah? Micah Busey? Yeah, yeah, Micah and just the church itself, like the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, oh, Micah. It's incredible. I love Micah that, Micah. Busey is, I do too. Micah Busey is like the reason for the season. He's the whole uh, reason that, 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 that my show even exists. He's the whole reason. I mean, there's, the art scene at Judson is really amazing, and he is the... He is responsible for the revival of it. It was uh, that that wonderful space was kind of not not being optimized for a very long time, and Micah really uh, has just filled it um, with with artists and work and people. And it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful what he's doing there. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get this show up. It's Monday for those who are listening, but I'm gonna get this show up by Wednesday. So we should talk about what's happening on Dead Darlings. Wednesday, what is it? Oh, wonderful. December uh, 9th? 9th, yeah. Yeah, so uh, maybe just a quick rundown. Who are the guests going to be? Oh, sure. I'm, I like, am so excited about Wednesday's bill. Um, and uh, not only because... You know, I've got a lot of dream guests on this bill. A lot of people that I've wanted to be on the show for a really long time. Um, and it's all coming together. Uh, my dear friend, uh, Daisy Egan, who uh, is... Still, I think, holds the title as the youngest female Tony Award winner in history. Uh, won a Tony Award for uh, The Secret Garden. Ah. Um, and, in, yes, in the years past, has, or in the years since, has uh, continued to um, do a lot of really amazing work, and especially lately some uh, self-generated work, which is quite something. Uh, and I, I actually don't really know what she's going to do. I like to not really know what people are going to do. I don't like to curate the show too heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to let people, ju- you know, there are a lot of shows in the city where uh, the, the bookers really want to know. They want you to, like, submit uh, a sample of what you're doing. They want to see it in writing. They want to know exactly what you're going to do. I don't like to do that. I like to be surprised. I mean, shit, if I put all this work into putting the show together. I want the joy of seeing things for the first time too. <laughs> you know, I want to be, yeah. I want to be an audience member as much as everybody else. Um, so, uh, so Daisy is going to come in, uh, this incredibly, one of my favorite writers of all time, uh, Richard Lawson, who, um, was it, he has the most interesting story. He started out as a commenter on Gawker and when he was very, very young and his comments were so amazing that they made him a writer uh, oh. at Gawker. And then he was the, just by leaps and bounds, the best writer at Gawker for a really long time. He wrote these recaps of the real housewives, uh, that like were just game changing landscape altering. Uh, he sort of invented the form of the, the TV recap, which you see everywhere now. Um, then, uh, now he works, he write. he, then he wrote for the Atlantic for a while and now he writes for vanity fair. Um, and he's just incredible. He's so funny. He's so, so, so funny. Really, truly one of the funniest writers I've ever read in my life. Um, then this wonderful playwright, Bess Wall, um, who recently wrote the play uh, Small Mouth Sounds at Ars Nova. And as a misophonic, um, that, that, that title is a bit triggering for me, but I still say <laughs> it because the play was so good. Um, it's, it was this inc- and she's written many, many plays, but this play was so incredible. It was almost completely silent. It was about... Um, a group of people at a silent retreat at a silent, like meditation retreat. Whoa. And it was this in- incredible accomplishment, an entire story with several characters told with almost no dialogue at all. Um, and it was funny and smart and gripping and emotional. And it was just such a feat. Um, and then uh, last, but certainly not least uh, singer songwriter, Mark Eitzel, who um, is, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say, really. Just truly one of the great singer-songwriters of all time uh, was the uh, the head of a band called American Music Club um, in the 1990s. Uh, they were seminal, uh, not necessarily commercially, but... Uh, oh, I hope Mark never hears this because he'll kill me, but um, when uh, when... He's, he's influenced every musician that you love. When, uh, when Jeff Buckley died, uh, he was making a, a record out there by the, by the river. And he, he, they found in his room the only albums he brought with him um, to listen to while he was making that album were Led Zeppelin and American Music Club. Oh, uh, wow. Mark is, 
really, he's a, he's a, oh, I, I can't even talk about him without using dumb words like poet. Um, in fact, <laughs> he was, we're, we've been friends for uh, many, many years and we were just hanging out this weekend and he went off on how much he hates the word wordsmith, but he's a wordsmith and uh, he's, <laughs> um, and his, his voice is um, like, if you cut open my veins and put your ear up to the rushing stream of blood, it would sound like Mark Hartzell's voice. Like it's his, his singing voice is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. I really hope he never listens to this because he <laughs> would never speak to me again. Um, but, uh, but, and, and he's, um, he's based in Los Angeles these days, but he happens to be out, uh, for, uh, a couple of reasons. He is working on a play with Simon Stevens, who is the playwright of, uh, uh, curious Do- incident, the dog at nighttime, among other plays. Um, they're working on a piece that's going to be at the Atlantic Theater. Uh, he did another piece with Simon that was in England that was directed by Ivo Van Hove. Um, he's sort of branching out into writing songs for theater these days, uh, but he's also still making albums. And uh, I, I have absolutely no idea what he's going to do at the show, but I know it's going to be beautiful. Oh, so cool. Oh my God. Yeah, I love a, it. It's a good show. Yeah. I hope everyone, uh, I hope everyone can make it. It's free. What do you want? It's free. Just Listen come, to people. what I'm offering you, and I'm not even asking you for money. If you want to give money, you are perfectly welcome to do so. But uh, it's not required. But yeah. there is a jar. Um, there is a jar that you and could put money and in. And there's a bar, too, right? <laughs> there's a bar. There's snacks. We've got Triscuits, guys. We've got cheese. Um, <laughs> usually some, like, M&Ms for a nominal fee. We've got the cheapest drinks in town, $5 cocktails, and our... Really, the fifth character of the show is uh, celebrity bartender Paul Davis, um, who uh, who throws those drinks at you for five bucks. Um, like, really, literally, what else do you want? What? There's nothing more to ask for, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, love, yay, <laughs> and I'll be yay. there. Like, and I'll be there. I've I've missed it for months for whatever reason. I keep having yeah, conflicts. Where have you been? Yeah, I I have I don't know. I'd have to look back at the calendar, tell you all the very important things I had going on. <laughs> but I'm I like I blocked it out this month. I was like, you have to like I just wrote it on my calendar. Um, oh, that I'm makes so me glad. sound like that makes me sound like I think I'm a lot more important than I am. Um, but that's no, what it I did. doesn't. We're all and, and you know December is it gets so stupidly busy so fast and you don't even realize it. It comes up on you so fast and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I have something every night this month. Um, you know, yeah. the parties, the people, the parties. It's really hard. It's just yeah, it's no, so it's hard. Really hard to go to yeah. all the parties. No one understands. But what I'm... that leads <laughs> to very briefly is, uh, I just want to quickly mention the show is always the second Wednesday of the month. So that's one of those at 8 p.m. at Judson Memorial Church. So that's one of those things that you can just have in your calendar automat- that automatically. Just have uh, it repeat every up. month. Just repeat. Yeah, you have it month. repeat every month, the second Wednesday. I don't know how to program that into your uh, iCal, but you probably do. Well, That's the I'll kind of thing I would have my husband do because I am so e-dumb. But you should do a tutorial, like a, a, a web series tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> how to make sure you don't miss Dead Darlings. Oh, Lesson God one. help us all. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, put it in your phone. I don't know how. But, do uh, but just do it. Just do it. Uh, do I, it. Wa- I wanted to talk a little about abortion. Because why yeah, wouldn't man. we? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> but uh, just real quick, how are you doing Speaking on time? Speaking of dead darling. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, I'm good on time, too. I just wanted to make sure because I don't want to, you know, take up your day. Um, so no, no, I'm, I'm out in the woods. I'm watching my dog uh, walk around. You know, oh, I'm great. Amazing. That's cool. I'm cold, um, but I'm good. Uh, is it, I haven't even been outside yet today. It's cold. So It's cold. Okay. Well, good yeah. to know. Uh, so back to abortion. This whole thing yeah. happened, and I don't know how to to present it in a quick way. I guess I do. You wrote a thing <laughs> about <laughs> you wrote a thing, and it went viral on Facebook. Um, and I'm yeah. seeing it everywhere. And frankly, I don't know if it's pissing you off as much as it pisses me off. But seeing that little screen cap that people do, where your name is cut out of it, getting spread around, is really <laughs> upsetting to me. You know, and, and this, so here's what happened. I, uh, in September, um, wrote, 
a, a Facebook post. And I mean, you know, I'm just a person uh, writing a Facebook. I'm just a girl writing a Facebook post. <laughs> That's um, all. Asking her friends to love her. And I, you know, certain, you don't write something. Well, I don't write something thinking like, I really hope this goes viral. It was the farthest thing from my mind. I was upset. I was uh, passionate. Um, and I wrote uh, a Facebook post basically imploring my friends who, you know, because this was when the uh, the initial push to defund Planned Parenthood was being uh, trumped upon us by, we'll hmm. use the word there, by uh, by the cabal of thieves um, in the GOP uh, presidential field. And, uh, and the way that, and I mean, God bless everybody, we're all so well-intentioned, but so many of my friends were defending Planned Parenthood by minimizing uh, the fact that they provide abortion services. And look, I understand the impulse, but uh, I feel like what happens when we apologize for and minimize um, the importance of abortion services uh, to individuals and to society, what happens is we cede ground to uh, these thieves and we allow them to frame the argument um, and once they're framing the argument, there's no way that we can win. And they don't deserve to frame this argument. This is not their argument to frame. Um, so I wrote a I wrote a post about that, just talking to my friends, really. And, uh, you know, I dashed it off. It's not like I sat there and edited it or, you know, really, I didn't really think much about it. I just was pissed. And it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was on my mother-in-law's toilet. I wrote it on my phone. Like, this was not me crafting my statement you know, through a press rep. Um, so I posted it and back in September, it went viral very, very quickly. Um, and that was mostly shared f- directly from my Facebook wall. So it had my name on it and it also had my, um, you know, you could link to my profile on there. Um, and so a lot of people, uh, felt very comfortable sharing their thoughts with me via Facebook message, uh, regarding that post the overwhelming majority of which were positive, which was so heartening and wonderful. And then there were, um, you know, some remedial English and critical thinking students who uh, shared their thoughts with me as well, uh, some of which were reasonably comprehensible, most of which were not. And uh, so I thought that that was all, and it all sort of, it took, you know, I got thousands of friend requests, all these people following me on Facebook. It's so weird. I'm just a person who had a thought one day. And all of a sudden, um, you know, people are making memes with my name on them. People are hashtagging me in like, you know, I stand with Amanda Duarte in the fight against, you know, I was just like, Jesus Christ, I literally wrote this on a toilet. Like, I'm just a person. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but, was there, are they literally hashtagging I stand with Amanda Duarte? Yes. Just, oh, my gosh. If you go to like hashtag Amanda Duarte, it's like all this shit comes up. It's so weird. And so I, you know, during that time, there were, it was it was a little freaky, but also, you know, I, I never regretted writing it. Um, I I the the attention that it garnered was was it was so sudden and so kind of overwhelming that I was glad that you know it started to die down eventually. The I wasn't getting 500 messages a day, and I wasn't getting you know 300 friend requests a day anymore. It started to taper off. And I was like, okay, so that thought that I had that one day is out there for, you know, it's part of like the fabric of Facebook and it's, you know, let's all move on. And I have other thoughts about other things and let's all move on. But then, uh, when the, this past week, wasn't this past week great, um, with the, with the, the shooting, um, the, the Planned Parenthood shooting, uh, it resurfaced. People started posting it again, but this time it was um, cut. Uh, my name was cut off of it. And, and I, a couple of friends told me like, oh, your thing is going around again. And I looked and I was like, okay, you know, uh, there was, it was, it was not so much that my name was cut off of it. It's that there were people who posted it, very high profile people who posted it and were taking credit for having written it. Um, that bothered oh. me. Uh, and I tried to, I tried to remind myself, like, this is about what I said and not who said it. And, and I still believe that and that's fine. Um, but it did irk me a bit that, uh, some very high profile people who, you know, got 15, 20,000 shares out of the post on their, on their Facebook walls, um, were trying to take credit for having written it. So 
I there were a couple times that I I commented under the post and was like, hey, I wrote this, um, and here's an article that I wrote for Marie Claire uh, about the experience of it. Blah blah blah. If you're interested, um, but then what I realized is, and then people started crediting me. But the good thing is, they didn't really provide a direct link to my profile. Um, so then this time they were the ones getting the hate mail <laughs> and they were the ones <laughs> getting, getting all the negative attention. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. The thought is out there in the universe. I'm not yeah. going to lobby to be credited for this everywhere because frankly, it's just so much. It's so much like when people are threatening to kill you, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you have yeah. to read it. You have to assess the threat level. You have to report it. If it's, uh, you know, a reasonable threat level, and, uh, and I just was like, you know what? I don't have enough time to deal with this right now. I have the darlings to get ready for. I don't have time for this. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of okay with the fact that this second round of, uh, of, of this post has not been totally directly linked to me. It's, it's kind of fine with me. Cool. Is there anything... Did that answer your question? Was that even the question? I can't even remember. That was anymore. totally the question. Yeah. Yeah. You totally nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Um, uh, no. So for as a writer, I'm wondering, like, now that you've you know, you wrote that on the toilet and then suddenly it was seen potentially by like I, I don't know enough about your writing to be able to say whether this is accurate. Would that little piece of writing probably be have been seen more than anything else you've written? Yes. Uh, unquestionably. Well, so, it depends on how many people went to see Hedwig. I don't have the numbers. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I was saying, yeah, you know, my residual checks just keep rolling in for that. But I don't have the numbers. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I, I got paid $5 straight up. But uh, uh, I, I would probably say yes. Um, but, I've written, yeah. Well, knowing that, I guess what's what now it seems like my motivation for asking that question was different than it was. So I'm trying to jump back in. Is um, okay, like, sure. what well, when you look at it, like, do you feel like now knowing that all those people were going to see it, you would have written anything differently? Is there anything that sort of makes you cringe? Like, oh, I wish I had said there something are differently. a couple things that make me cringe. And I actually wrote uh, an article from Marie Claire about this, uh, where yeah, I, I. I do wish that I had used a more creative word than Nazis um, <laughs> to describe those who are trying to take away women's rights. Choose. I do not uh, apologize for the sentiment. Uh, I right. think that's a real easy word for people who disagree with you to latch onto and, uh, and, you know, invoke Godwin's law. And like, listen, I love uh, Godwin. I follow him on Facebook. Um, Godwin's <laughs> law is once you invoke Hitler in a, uh, in an internet fight, you've lost. And in my and I had just been talking about that with a friend of mine uh, the day before I wrote the post. And in my mind, I was like sort of joking with her when I wrote it by using that word. Because, again, I thought maybe a hundred people would see this post. Oh, um, uh, right. But because it became so large, I do wish I had used a different word like, uh, you know, uh, hate errands um, or, or <laughs> just fascist, just garden variety fascist. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Trumps, maybe Trumps, these Trumps. Ah, yes. Um, and, uh, and I guess the other thing that I, I guess I would copy edit at this point um, is I would add that abortion is not only legal, uh, a legal right, but it is a human right, and it is moral and ethical, and that the argument wouldn't just be that it's legal, it's that it's, it's moral, ethical, and it is a human right. Mm. Um, but... Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, well, slavery was legal. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. I'm articulate. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> fuck you, Hitler. You're another Hitler. Um, but, oh, uh, God. But, on, but the sentiment behind it, you know, the thought behind it, I, I completely stand behind. And, hey, the idea of the abortion uh, water park is, I completely stand behind that. If anybody tries to uh, steal that. And profit from it. That's when I'm going to start uh, getting upset about being credited. If someone opens the abortion water slide park and I don't get a cut, um, I think that's when I'm going to be kind of pissed because I think it's a really <laughs> yeah. good idea. Yeah, I will join you on the on the whatever picket lines we need to get going for that. I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You stand with Amanda Duarte. Hashtag. hashtag. I do. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So where can we find you online? 
Where's the best place to talk to them? <laughs> well, if you want to send me death threats, you can find me at, at the real Donald Trump uh, on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Um, if, you, if you want to send me um, money, you can find me at, at Duarte Amanda on Twitter or, uh, you know, Amanda Duarte on Facebook. I'm the one with the, frankly, a really sexy photo. I think it's a really sexy photo of myself hosting my show. Um, yeah. Screaming. Screaming. Yeah, I agree. Screaming. That's I really agree. what I do. That's best, how I always I imagine you. <laughs> it's honestly when I feel most like myself. I love it. I feel, um, I feel like myself. Oh, that's beautiful. That is a, on, it's a sorry, great picture I, of you. Oh, thanks. Um, Duncan Flaster took it. Come here, sweetie. Sorry, my Aww. dog is wandering in traffic. She's, uh, she's losing her vision and her hearing, so we have to be great. Come on. There you oh. go. We have to give her a visual. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, I love that picture. Duncan, uh, also a guest of the program, uh, is the sweetest, funniest man, and he uh, is kind enough to take photos of the show for me, um, uh. gratis, because I can't afford to pay a photographer, because <laughs> the show is free. <laughs> but if you would like for me to be able to pay him, just drop some money in the bowl at Dead Darlings on Wednesday. <laughs> I love it. That Duncan Flaster was one of my first New York friends. Uh, You're kidding. Oh, I mean, no. he really brings people together. He's one of those yeah. people who knows everybody. I, he was I love my him. friend he's on. Great. He was my friend on Live Journal, like in the oh my god late nineties, early two thousands, <laughs> when I still lived in Texas. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, I've, wow. I got this little, this fancy New York City playwright on my Live Journal. Oh, that was oh, real so nice. <laughs> real nice, real nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, all right. I think we should wrap this thing up. Have I left out sure, anything? Sure. Yeah, let's any, wrap it up. Any, any important topics I, I've avoided or skipped? Gosh, I don't think, I mean, we could talk about guns, but we'd be here for a while. I think that for today, we've covered some ground. We've <laughs> we promoted my career. We've argued for a safe, legal, moral, ethical abortion for all. Um, I don't know, any other, we've, we've redefined the word trap. I think yeah. we've accomplished a lot today, Michael. Yeah, I think anything else might just be too much. Yeah, it might be too much. Uh, we want to let the American people digest as much as they can, like bit by bit. We don't want to overwhelm people. Uh, yeah, you're so right. Thanks for With thinking. beauty and justice. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, I'm crying. I'm getting really choked up thinking about all of this. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I have that uh, effect on men. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Duarte Amanda on Twitter. Amanda Duarte on Facebook, and you've got a website at amandaduarte.com. Should we make a big deal out yeah, of that? Yeah, but don't go not? to okay. it. No, don't go to that. That's just like my old headshot and my years-old resume and like my voiceover uh, demo reel. Don't don't go there. <laughs> you can go to deaddarlingsshow.com. That's where we uh, promote the show. Oh, and you can also join the Dead Darlings group on Facebook uh, if you want to be notified about the upcoming shows. Uh, and RSVP, which is always appreciated. Uh-huh. I'm making little notes of this. I'm going to put all of this uh, links to all of this on my website at MikeyPod.com. So if you're listening, you don't have a pen or pencil handy, you can just go to MikeyPod.com and find these links. No one. No one writes things no anymore. One. I had to write a note to my neighbors the other day uh, about some dogs that were barking that I didn't like. And I could not even, it was the first time I had handwritten anything other than like signing something. <laughs> In, I couldn't even remember how much. I could barely form words. I, I, it, was, it looked geriatric. I, I, it's important to keep the penmanship in practice, I think. Keep those muscles trained. It's true. There's a kid that I teach piano to who, like, grips his pencil, like, with a fist. Like, I've never seen this before in my life. I don't think kids are writing anymore. It's really interesting. No, like, they're not. very prehistoric the way he does it. Kids these days, and I mean kids these days, but kids these days, they'll, if they're reading a, a, a magazine, they'll try to swipe if they've got a book or a magazine they try to swipe it like it's an ipad they try to swipe they don't know it's paper and words it's it's all it's a different game yeah we've been outpaced it's so true they don't know how to write they barely know how to read Uh, these kids they're the future Uh, abort them all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the perfect ending for this show. Hashtag yes. <laughs> abort, abortum. Hashtag abortum. Well, thank uh, you so much for having me, Michael. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time out, and uh, I'll see you Wednesday night. I can't wait. We'll see everyone Wednesday night.
That was Two Star Symphony with Wrath from their album Seven Deadly Sins. Um, I'm so excited. I finally thought to play these guys on the podcast. Uh, They're a Houston group and yeah, Houston. I mean, come on. I lived there for (laughs) 30 some odd years. 30 some odd years I lived in that town. Got to get back there one of these days. Anyway, Two Star Symphony, they've got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, you'll hear more about them on subsequent, subsequent, later, whatever, podcasts. Whenever I use a word with like many syllables in it, like subsequent, which isn't really that many subsequent, three. Oh. So th- words with three or more syllables make me feel inferior. Just if you want to make a note about that, just try to keep the syllables syllables the syllabic content that see that's another one syllabic it's the three do i know four syllable words do i know animal no that's three but i like that word that word just flows animal 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 hmm thanks amanda duarte for being on the show today i'm looking forward to next week's podcast featuring Carol Adams, the author of The Sexual Politics of Meat. I gave you a lame update about what's going on. And part of what's happening with that is that I'm just writing. I'm designing sounds. I'm uh, writing and sort of creating a maybe an outline of ideas for what the show is going to be like that I'm doing in October. So it's sort of tough to give updates about that, though I would really love to. Um, you can check out more at michaelherron.com. You can... Join my drip page where I am giving like detailed updates about about different steps along the way. Each week I um, I'm uploading a video or a um, audio. Some weeks I just do some writing, uh, just about the process. If you'd like to support this project, this is a great way to do it. You can subscribe to my drip page. Um, it's five bucks a month, and um, I share content there that only you will see. And I'm getting ready to send out some sort of tangible item. Uh, for the new year. I haven't exactly nailed down what that's going to be, but it'll be a thing, and I'm going to put it in the mail. It's going to be a real live thing with a stamp. So thanks for listening. MikeyPod.com, if you're not already listening to this from that place. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you can leave a podcast review and uh, tell your friends. And, um, you know, I still have some shirts from Ello. You don't even have to do anything at this point. Just Tell me you want one and I'll send it to you. I have these shirts. No one is trying to win them. Uh, So just send me an email and say, give me a shirt and I'll tell you what I have. Just just say, give me a shirt. I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just going on and on and on. So let's wrap this thing up. Please, if you're at Dead Darlings tonight, say hello. Um, I'll be the one that's there. Talk to you later. See you next week.